Welcome to Justice Rising, a podcast of the Inner Community Peace and Justice Center, where we explore emerging justice work through story and relationship. I'm your host, Cecilia Flores. For this episode, I had the joy and pleasure of meeting and speaking to Alex, Sydney, and Pavithra, members of IPJC's Youth Advisory Team Internship, also known as Yachty. I also got to speak with Sarah Perisic-Lopez, who is IPJC's Faith Communities Organizer, who organizes this team. We often hear that the youth are the future, but this conversation reminded me of how much youth can do right now when they're given the opportunity to deepen relationship with their communities and to express and fight for what is most important to them. This episode will inspire you to be bold, take risks, and to listen deeply as a way to make meaningful change in our world today. I'm so excited to welcome IPJC's very own Sarah Perisich Lopez, who is the Faith Communities Organizer. Welcome, Sarah. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Enjoying my time here in Seattle, although it is pretty hot. It is real hot. Real humid. But I guess like Bay Area is kind of humid. Yeah. And it's been hot in California, so wasn't a big shift. I was just a little surprised. That's all. Yeah, I think normally this time is like gloomy, sweaters. Yeah, I packed many of those. I don't think I'll need them. But anyway, we're super excited to talk today about the Youth Action Team Internship, also known as Yachty. Um, You are the one in the organization leading that work. Can you talk a little bit about just what the Youth Action Team Internship is? Yeah, so we run an academic long, academic year long, that's so hard to say. Yeah, yes. from September to May. There you go, yes. <laughs> long program uh, for high school juniors and seniors, and we teach them the principles of community organizing, so like the organizing cycle, and then we teach them different leadership skills, basically like illuminating who they are or who they desire to be as a leader, not who we think they should be as mm. a leader. And then they build a social movement based off an issue that they identify collectively. And where did the idea of Yachty come from? Because from what I understand, it's in its second year. Um, I think a lot of folks are kind of nervous to organize, or really not even just organize you, to work with you in general, I think for a lot of adults is a little bit intimidating. Where did that idea come from? And how did you feel called to be involved with it? So the idea was brought to IPJC by our current executive director, Will Rutt, and he had organized youth, um, specifically undocumented youth in Arizona. And so when he took on the role as executive director, he kind of had the vision, a shared vision with the board of transitioning from education and advocacy as our framework to organizing and advocacy. And so this was kind of a pilot program to see like, can we really do this work in Seattle and can we do it well? I met Will, I wanna say in his third or fourth month of working here. And so he hired me on because I had worked quite a bit with youth as a teacher and also organizing college age girls um, around like sexual abuse, reproductive rights, education of bodies. Um, And so, Together, we kind of co-created this internship and we really do a lot of like relationship building work. We do organizing um, skills-based work, like one-to-ones, listening sessions. Mm. 
Um, and then we kind of set the youth free a little bit and allow them to determine their issue cut after they've been listening and build campaigns and do all kinds of fun stuff together. Nice. What is it like for you shifting from organizing in a college space, you know, with young adults, now being in high school space um, in co-ed institutions? I think the shift was a little bit easier than some might assume. My work at the colleges was, I would say, more challenging because the institutional structure that we were up against would be the university. And I think in that world, like the women that I worked with had experienced so much trauma, so much oppression at the hands of the university. And so I think your outlook on what's possible for yourself and for other people becomes mm. jaded and limited. Whereas our students, one, I feel like are so generous and just like mm -hmm. constantly are assuming the best of any person they come into contact with. Yeah. So it's not to say that they haven't experienced injustices. We do quite a lot of listening with our youth and like hearing the things that they're aware of. One is really shocking and two, the things that they've experienced and the impacts it's had on their identity formation is just heartbreaking. Like, I don't think yeah. you can listen to them and not be compelled to act. Um, but I think their sense of what is possible is so much more open and free than if they were maybe older and had experienced more institutional systemic oppression that, like, cognitively they had developed to be aware of. Right now, they're, like, at the stage of proceeding into that, but they're not you know, fully understanding cause and effect. Yeah, yeah. That's so fascinating because I think a lot of people, you know, when we think about youth um, or kids even, right, they, they can seem very, like, out of control, quote unquote, right? Or, you know, un, unhinged, whatever words you want to <laughs> use. They're wild. They're very, you know, just they kind of do whatever they want. And um, I think it's important, right? We talked about this earlier. It's important to kind of learn right from their sense of being free and their sense of having like they have a, a, a liberation about them that you know a lot of us adults kind of could probably learn from right oh a hundred percent I mean I think yeah they're wild they're unhinged and it's amazing like, <laughs> right like I wish I could be like oh that free yes I think like when I see them come in and they're building community and they're authentic and they're raw and they're wild you know maybe what some might call like nasty women I'm like god bless them <laughs> you know like thank god that someone on our planet exists in the way that they do and for me like their sense of freedom is liberating for myself mm. and it brings so much joy to my life and purpose to my life and each week I think I learn ways to like decolonize myself and mm. the way I have come to understand what it means to be a woman, to be educated, to be an organizer, um, to be a partner, all of you know my various identities, I feel like they show me something new about how I desire to be those things, mm. not the way I was told to be them. Mm, right, because it's like almost like we learn over time how we cannot or how mm -hmm. we're not supposed to quote unquote right show up as ourselves or how we don't we can't be ourselves but that's something that is kind of taught to us yes by society by people around us and things like that what's been a highlight for you in this work i mean it's been you've been doing it for about a year now right mm -hmm. like what's there's got to be a ton but is there anything that just stands out to you um i think i just love 
argued so much. Like, I feel like even talking about them or when I hear other t- people talk negatively about the younger generations, I'm like, mm-mm, not in my house. <laughs> not in my house are we going to talk about the youth like yes. that. Because getting to be with them is, like, really getting to experience a different type of holiness. Like, mm. in each of them, I feel like I see who Jesus is. Um, I see, like, the dynamism of the spirit, like, operating yes. in them. And I think for me, like, the highlight is really seeing the way that they encourage each other mm. and the way that they have come to realize that they are very, very powerful. Mm. When we start the program, I think everyone's a little bit shy. Everyone wants to reproduce what they think is the right thing, right? Like, yeah. You might ask a question and you can see that they're kind of discerning, like, what is the right answer? What is yeah. the answer I'm supposed to tell you? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's suddenly over subtly over time like this shift where it's like I don't have to perform for these adults like yeah they just want me to be who I am Mm -hmm. um and I think we really saw that this year they did a public action um, where they shared their stories of ableism and racism their experiences of those things in their school system and Will and I tell them all the time, like, we're proud of you. You're so powerful. Like, all these things. And they're like, gosh, you're like the cringiest parents I've ever had. <laughs> and then, you know, they do this action. At the end, everyone gives them a standing ovation. And you could tell it was so genuine. Like, they were so shocked that youth had put together something like this. And they mm-hmm. did. Like, they put it together all themselves. Mm-hmm. Will and I just, you know, put some borders around, like, what's yeah. possible. You know, just so they don't fall off. The ledge a little <laughs> yeah, bit. yeah, get too wild. But they like looked out and then looked at each other, and it was like this moment of just like holy joy, like the aura around all of them. Mm. They're glowing, and I'm like, this is who you are called to be, right? Mm. You are so destined to experience this kind of joy and this kind of freedom, and yeah. like you gave that to yourself and mm-hmm. to each other and to Will and I. Like, yeah, that's not something we can manufacture, we can create. It's something that only they can do for themselves. Yeah. And it's like, wow. Like, I would show up a thousand times over, no matter how many times they tell me I'm cringy and that I'm, <laughs> you know. You're like a, a I think, annoying, proud mom. Yeah, I think last week I did get a, oh, was that a mom voice that came out of you? <laughs> um, you know, I'm like, I'll show up a thousand times over for you. And, like, literally, they could ask me for anything. Like, I will do it, and I will believe in you to the end of time because mm. I don't see adults acting the way these students act with, like, mm-hmm. courage, bravery, yeah. compassion, for sure, um, and an openness. Like, I think we lose that as we age, that yeah. openness. Yeah. I think it's important, though, too, you know, to thank you for your work and to highlight the work that you and Will are doing by creating this space because, you know, that reaction of youth to think about like, what is the expected answer, right? What is the expected behavior? That's learned. Like they mm-hmm. learn that because adults in their lives or people around them taught them that for every question or for every situation, you should do something a certain way. And you've created a space here where they see exactly what you said. I don't have to perform here, right? You're mm-hmm. allowing them to stay in that state and you know become more free rather than push them back into you know themselves to where they don't feel safe and that's just something you know I think that we adults need to continue to learn how to do more and more as time you know as time passes and the world keeps changing and the justice issues we're fighting don't seem to be changing that much like we obviously have to do 
something different. And this is just such a different and sacred space. I'm just happy to be here with y'all. Yeah, I think like I would really attribute, you know, the freeness and the safety that the students feel here to, um, I have a chaplaincy background. And so in chaplaincy, it's like, how in the chaos and the storm do you just sit and be with people? And so, Mm. you know, sometimes I think the students like maybe hate me a little bit for that, but you know, when they're sitting there, like, what's the right answer? And I'm just sitting there staring back at them, like, I don't know. <laughs> don't you love What do you think? Yeah, like, you I just think? asked you what you thought. <laughs> yes, and I think they're like, Ugh. and then it's like in that space, like really trusting the spirit to do the work and to like allow the freedom to reveal itself. Um, and that's really hard and takes a lot of patience. And I think in our culture, we don't create the time for that, mm. right? Because yeah, the distance between you and me in those 15 seconds of me just staring at you, not responding could be like, so severely awkward for most people oh yeah and like what does it mean to embody the trust in myself Mm, and in them that it will get there and it will happen and that we're going to find some type of understanding in the meantime and we don't we don't really promote that yeah right and it's like we're they're taught from a very young age right once they're in like a traditional school system they're taught that the answers have to be given to them and they're taught to them and they're not often given the opportunity to look within, right? And and just recognize how much power they already have. Correct. And I think that is one of the most heartbreaking things is to see the way in which we can, like, we desire something from the youth, right? Like, we're putting so much hope, so much pressure mm, yeah. on them to save us as adults, right? Like, in so many Catholic spaces, I hear that, like, oh, well, like, the youth will just, like, solve all our problems. We need to, we need to lift up the youth. Yes. (laughs) And it's, like, yes, and also, like, where is our responsibility to be with them and to actually listen and not to discourage and not to try and force them to be something that we think is right? And it's, like, we can't have both. We can't put all the pressure on them to have the right answers and then, when they do have creative answers, like I can ask them solve this problem for me right now. And they will come up with a whole campaign in five minutes. And I'm yeah. like, why was that so easy? For yeah. you? <laughs> I've been thinking about this for weeks, you know, but it's like, we can't say there's only one right way to do something yeah. or there's only one right way of being in the world and then expect them to somehow creatively come up with these answers to solve the problems that we mm. as adults have created. Yeah. And mm-hmm. don't want to hold ourselves accountable to having created or perpetuating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so fascinating. I'm so excited to get some of your team in here uh, to hear what they have to say about this experience. Yes, well, they're sassy and wonderful and wild <laughs> and hilarious. I mean, you know, you already spent uh, an hour with yeah. them and probably have laughed harder than yeah. you've laughed in a they, long time. That, yeah, that's the, the lightness that I needed. You right. Know? And I think everybody, I think the world needs that, honestly. Yeah, I think the blessing is that, like, they're so funny and so sassy and yet the most, like, intelligent women I've ever been in a room with. So it's like... Yes. I'm sure some interesting things will come out in your time with them. All right. Well, let's bring them in. All right. So I am here with some of the Youth Action Team internship members. I have Pavithra, Alex, and Sydney. Could you each introduce yourselves? Maybe say the school you attend and what year you are in high school? 
I'm Sydney. I go to Seattle Prep, and I'm a senior this year. I'm Devithra. I'm also a senior, and I go to Holy Names Academy. I'm Alex. I'm a senior this year at Seattle Prep. Oh my gosh, you're all graduating. Yeah. Like tomorrow, or like when is that happening? <laughs> my last day of school is tomorrow. Wait, really? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, when do you graduate? Like next Sunday. Oh, like y'all are done, done. Yeah. Done. And our next, our last day. Mm -hmm. oh and our graduation. Oh my gosh, you guys yeah. are almost finished. Yeah. That's so exciting. Well, congratulations. I hope you're not feeling nervous. Uh, Excited? It's, bittersweet. Ready? it's bittersweet. Bittersweet. Yeah. Bittersweet. Well, I've heard y'all have been participating in this internship for the past like academic year. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, congrats to y'all because doing an internship in your last year, I'm sure y'all have plenty of stuff on your plate. <laughs> And to have this on top of it um why did each of you can you share a little bit about why you joined or like why you wanted to be a part of this um i can go i joined initially because we got an email about this opportunity and i didn't see much about it like i couldn't find much about it online but i just submitted my name and email because that's what they all they asked for and i kind of didn't think too much about it um and then they emailed me back uh wanting to set up an uh, interview online and they said like that was the application so I really honestly enjoyed that from the start because I think that the fact that they value or Will and Sarah valued meeting someone and talking to them as like the only priority for being mm -hmm. an applicant was so crucial to me and seeing how they valued interaction with someone mm -hmm. as their kind of criteria for whether or not they participate was stood out to me and I just really wanted something to add on into my year that was that wasn't my normal extracurriculars that had more to do with social work and social justice yeah like kind of adding on to that um I like kind of expressed my interest to it when Will and Sarah came to our school and kind of talked about it and then it kind of had like slipped my mind and then I actually got an email from Sarah saying like, hey, like your teachers like spoke really well about you and we would like you to do this internship. And I thought like, wow, this is different from anything I've ever received because like they know my name, they're acknowledging me and like that mm. interaction was super important to me. So I automatically was drawn in um, to this internship. And then also kind of just as a senior, yeah, I wanted to add to my extracurricular activities, but I was like, as my last year as a student, um, especially like in Seattle, such a proactive city, like I want to do more. And this just felt like the perfect opportunity. Um, I heard about it from Erin, who did the internship That's right, last, last year. year. Yeah, mm -hmm. so she kind of like talked about it at school, I think. And I was really interested in social justice, but I felt like there weren't a lot of ways for high schoolers to get mm -hmm. just involved generally because so many jobs and just like even volunteer positions require a degree of some sort um so it seemed like a super cool opportunity i didn't know a lot about community organizing but it yeah. sounded super cool um so i just kind of signed up like city said the application was like so easy it was just like name and email and then the interview was like they were asking really interesting questions is what i remember they asked us like what kind of sandwich we would eat or something like that just like really like <laughs> yeah. wow like, out there questions that like i was like oh this is super cool um so yeah, and never looked back. <laughs> wow, well, that's exciting. Now you'd mentioned, um, Pavithra, you you didn't know much about community organizing. I don't know if any of y'all did um, coming into it. What is you know for a lot of people, I like I work as a community organizer, and people are like, what the heck is that? Like, what do you do? 
of everything you've learned in this last year, like what has really stood out to you? I think the biggest thing to me, like, is that it takes time. Mm. Um, and that's a pro and a con for me, obviously, because pro, like, you get to, you know, dive in deep to the process and grow from that. But it's also, it can get frustrating, especially when you're doing justice work that you have to wait for things and, and mm. you have to be turned down and you really have to, like, kind of grow literally from, like, start from ground one. Um, which is kind of what we did. Like I knew what community organizing was, but I didn't know how in depth we could go. Like, mm. um, so in the beginning months of our internships, we did like, I would say like about eight like workshops on like listening Ooh. and like how to deliver a speech and a story and all these things that I didn't know like went into it. Like obviously I knew like community organizing is kind of getting a community together, but the steps behind that to get a, like to get a story heard or to get a community together is so in depth. Um, but I love the process, but definitely took time, which again, a pro and a con, but overall, I really loved it. So yeah. Um, I think the thing that stood out to me the most is the emphasis on relationship. Mm. I was like, I didn't know about that focus of community organizing before coming into this internship we've done so much like just team building stuff like even just sharing our high and low every week i feel like it's like an exercise in team building <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> that so was fun yeah like it's like laugh with everyone um but like seeing how that stuff is like a really necessary part of community organizing has been super interesting because i think i previously thought of it as just kind of like team building was this thing you did for like fun and mm -hmm. it didn't really relate to the work at all, but like mm. I can really see how the relationships contribute to the success of organizing. That's great. What about you, Sydney? Uh, every, I mean, every ever since I was young, community organizing and like political science and just social justice and kind of public service has always been kind of what I wanted to go into. Um, and I remember like my dad talking to me when I was in grade, like. Oh, like, do you know, like, President Obama used, to, like, he started community organizing. Yeah, he sure did. So I, like, kind of built myself up from that and was like, well, this seems really cool. And this is a way that I can start getting myself involved in my community and kind of take that path. So I really involved myself in a lot of various community organizing programs and just public service um, programs. And some of them were, like, building public narrative and learning how to like mm -hmm. write your own narrative and interweave it with yourself and your own identity and your community's identity and where you're going to go from that. Mm. And that was more focused around voting and making it more accessible for youth to vote. And then I also focused on um, like a voting, a ranked choice voting program where we mm. worked with a team and this was during COVID. So of course it was all online. Um, so we worked with a group of, young students who just all gone to a call every week and we would talk about and kind of similar to what we do in the internship but on a lower scale of advocating for our for ranked choice voting individually in our own areas and districts and those both taught me a lot about community organizing but i think that what the internship gave me was more of learning how to like what professor said learning how to work with other people mm. and realizing that like so much more powers is, is there when other people are in the room and you can 
have those bonds with other people and build from that knowledge and realize that like everyone's there to support you and we're all as a team working towards this common goal and I think that that was really what stood out to me and really showed the success of this internship compared Mm. to where I got with other options that I had. That's exciting. I heard y'all have been through, you know, you've pretty much done the whole cycle. You've done listening campaigns in your schools and um, you've done research. You've put together like a platform and you had like a big public action. I, I know as an organizer on a personal level, doing all that, you know, you're, you're like doing stuff for the community, but in many ways you like learn so much about yourself. What have you had any moments? And maybe if you have, maybe you could share about where you have just felt like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you, you've, you've come to a moment where you feel yourself standing in your own power, if that makes sense. Right. Like not someone else putting you up somewhere and giving you an opportunity. Right. But in this process where you felt like, Oh my gosh, like I did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, for me, it was when we, um, us, like a lot of the students from prep met with the president and the principal and just uh, other administrators at our school talking about the internship, but also more specifically where we see prep right now and like where we could see that it could go. Mm. And so that was something that I've always wanted to discuss with administrators before the internship just because I saw my school as such a place where I love going there and I really was proud to be there but I also because you love something so much you feel empowered to be like well we can be better and we can Mm. critique it in order to make it strong and that's coming out of love so I think that being able to as a senior look back on my years and be able to talk about hey I love that we're doing this I think we can push it further or I think that we really need to empower our students to work on this was such an amazing chance that I got because I was empowered by the internship and because when I was sitting in the room, I just felt with, you know, my peers, I felt so confident and empowered and knowing Mm -hmm. that like, you know, we worked hard to be here and I was felt confident about what I was talking about and I just felt proud of what we did and Mm -hmm. where we got to at that point. I think the moment for me was when we hosted our first uh, public event, which was a couple months ago at St. James Cathedral in Seattle, and it was introducing our Break the Norm campaign that we had been working on uh, for previous months. And I got to share my story on how I kind of experienced racism and microaggressions at my school. And it felt very powerful because I had shared my story, obviously, to Will and to Sarah and to all the interns. But this time I was sharing it in front of all the administrators at my school. I was sharing it in Mm. front of the diversity director, the vice principal, my my classmates, my teachers, Mm -hmm. my parents, like my partner. Like this was huge for me. And at first I was super nervous because I knew this was a risk to take. Obviously, like number one, sharing your story, but especially on what my story focused on um, as my identity as a Asian American woman at a predominantly white school. It's scary to get up on that podium and kind of speak your truth. Mm. But when I was up there, I just felt so powerful because they were listening to me and I felt like I was being heard and I was being seen and I was being understood. And that's a moment I'll never forget from this internship. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing about our first public action. I think I was like a little bit skeptical before of our ability to put on the event and have Mm. 
people attend and stuff. Um, but just like seeing who showed up and like seeing that my friends and community was there for me um, and mm. that I could get up there and share about something that was so personal to me. I shared about like my name and what it's meant to me and like how going to a predominantly white school has affected my sense of identity. Mm. And I think like sharing that and then seeing the out like the outcomes of that where all of my friends have taken what I said in that and started calling me by my given name instead mm. of like the kind of like I guess Americanized version um, has been really cool. And I think that's like something I think about like yeah I like did that. I was able to go up there and say something that was just so personal to me and then kind of see the impacts of it. Mm, that's great. Now y'all are graduating, which means obviously you can't be interns next year, but I'm sure, <laughs> well here, <laughs> I'm sure there's other things and other ways you could organize. Um, you know, I think it's so refreshing to hear y'all speak in this way because, you know, Sarah and I were talking earlier about, I think a lot of people are kind of scared of youth. Um, not because one because y'all are so free like i i talk about this like i don't ever remember being at you know you're growing up at a different time than i did you're seeing things and understanding things in a way you know that in many ways it's like way earlier than i ever had to like think about this stuff or really was challenged to think about that stuff you know um but i'm sure in your schools not everyone thinks the way you do not everyone's concerned about the things that y'all are concerned about but there probably are a lot more people who are um, that aren't organizing, that aren't involved and don't know or maybe are scared to. Um, what are some like words of wisdom or maybe a challenge, a call to action you can give to others your age who are experiencing the same things you are and maybe like on the edge of do I care? Do I or is it easier to not care? I think the main reason that youth at least the youth who are not concerned don't speak up is because we are always so trained as young adults that we are not going to be listened to because mm. we are not as wise as the people who have been here before us as our mm. teachers as our parents as our mentors so we feel like if we speak up well our voice is only going to be turned down so why give it a try my words of wisdom is give it a try mm. um, i think ipjc is just one of the many examples where youth is starting to become like the new face of society. And I think that sooner rather than later, we're going to be the only ones speaking and people are starting to realize they're starting to grow mm -hmm. fear and uh, frustration that we are starting to speak, but it's for the better. Mm -hmm. And I think that since like you see youth um, now, you know, and they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't think they'll listen to me or I, I, like they're not gonna you know do anything about it but the fact that we are you know like it could just be like your friends or it could be like one person that can like change your whole mindset mm. and i'm like we did it you know and i like mm. i don't want that to sound cliche but it's like one person in your high school or one friend if you have a doubt just tell them just do it and take that risk because you have no idea uh, where it can take you and, and if, you know if you do get turned down you can say well i tried you know and that's just phase one and that's mm -hmm. phase one of community organizing that's like principle one is you're gonna get knocked down but you always <laughs> have to get back up again uh, i think i i really love what alex said i think that again people uh, or sorry adults really see youth as being someone or people who need to show respect and mm -hmm. kind of need to be told what to do. And yet they still expect 
us to respect them and us to kind of follow their role model or wanted us to be these types of people that Mm -hmm. just they're not training us to be and I think that you really have to focus on how you treat your youth in your area because Mm -hmm. it's not like a new thing even without the internet youth are always like the radical group or like (laughs) they're always like doing crazy stuff and I think that to an extent yes like they're still learning they're still not developed they still have various maturity levels even adults do Mm -hmm. but it's so important to realize that at that core it's the sense of creativity and sense of purpose and passion Mm. and then like you can easily kill that in someone and that is the scariest thing to have Mm. this passion in a like student youth anyone like just shut it down because people don't realize that like every time you keep pushing that youth further and further down and being like your opinion doesn't matter i don't know what you're talking about brushing them off being like you just have to focus on what is the status quo what we do like we do it this is how it works this is how it has worked Mm -hmm. you're killing this fire inside of youth that you desperately need like this mm. this yeah, society needs it. We need there's, something right <laughs> like you need it like there's they're not doing like let's mm. say climate change for example like i see on social media or the internet so many youth standing up and being like this isn't fair you guys destroyed the earth that we're taking we're getting it you're not helping us do anything about it this is selfish and it, it needs to be changed and i think that those are the people that have fire and those are the people that, ha- that have passion and the adults in the room should be saying, yeah, you're right. We did destroy it. We did take part in it. And now we're needing to work together and help you with it. Because as long Mm. as you have that mutual respect, you're a human, I'm a human. We're smart enough to know that there's something going on. And I think that you can't water that down. Mm. Um, So my words of wisdom would just be like, continue pushing that passion. Mm. For me, I've always gotten into roadblocks where I've gotten super passionate, super motivated. And then there'd be things that make me feel defeated and make me feel like this is stupid. Like, I don't want to waste my time when I have so much other stuff to be focusing on. And I think that that always leads to an emptiness inside of myself because we're just in human nature designed mm-hmm. to be passionate creatures. So I think that I would just encourage people to fuel what keeps them driven. Like, what mm. can you talk about for hours and how do you want to develop that? Like pick something that you're just really care about and push it and see where you can go with it. I really don't know how to follow this up. <laughs> I think in my experience, a lot of people's like apathy um, has been a defense mechanism against like being vulnerable and, and, mm. and admitting they care about things. Um, it's really scary to admit that you're scared of the future or like scared of where the world is heading and stuff mm. like that. And it's, almost easier for some people to just be like well it's out of my hands um because it removes kind of your agency from it and makes it really passive but the thing i've learned from this internship and i guess this is my wisdom is like vulnerability can get you really far Mm. um i think sharing my story is something i never would have done before this program just because i didn't think it could have an impact and i just thought i would be like laughed at and it wouldn't really change anything but I've learned that if you admit you care about something and you go like no this is important to me there are people who will listen and like no probably no problem you have is like something you're experiencing by yourself it's like Mm. human experience is just so shared 
that if you share about things that are important to you and there, there will be people that will listen and want to work with you so i would just encourage people to talk about the things that are important to them instead of like putting it down and being like it doesn't matter it's not important y'all are so great oh my gosh <laughs> that was so amazing but you know thanks for sharing your experiences and your stories and you know i'm excited to see what y'all do next uh in whatever happens post-graduation for y'all thank you thank you The Inner Community Peace and Justice Center is sponsored by 24 Catholic religious congregations. Grounded in the charisms of our sponsoring congregations and Catholic social teaching, we build community to act for systemic change in our church and world. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Any notes or references from the interview can be found on our website at ipjc.org slash justice rising. You can follow IPJC's work on Instagram at IPJC Seattle. If you like this episode, please consider donating to support our work at IPJC.org, as well as hitting the subscribe button to follow along wherever you get your podcasts.